0: Hey, boss reballers. Patty Dominguez here with Tim back and you are listening to episode 114 of the Boss Society podcast. Today's episode, we are featuring branding expert Aaron Pearson from the podcast Branding Like a Boss dropping the goods on the importance of branding. So if you're really trying to figure out what your unique selling proposition is and the importance of branding and what that's all about, then definitely listen in. It is chock full of great information that you can implement into your own business and Aaron gives some really great examples of why it is so. So unfortunately I wasn't able to be on this show but uh, Tim was flying solo on this one, did a phenomenal job and so you're just going to listen in on some really killer content, again, that you can take away and implement to your business now please make sure to hit that subscribe button because that's what makes you a boss reballer we are looking forward to hearing what you thought about this show and here we go
1: do you believe there is more to your career than waiting for the gold watch in 40 years did you know that the average american spends 200 hours a year commuting to a job they probably hate does it frost your ass to get a 2% raise that barely keeps up with the rate of inflation? Have you ever worked for a boss hole? We know how you feel, and we want to help. Welcome to the Boss Free Society Podcast, your entertaining entrepreneur therapy session with your hosts, Tim Wambach and Patty Dominguez. Couch not included.
0: Boss Free Society. This is Tim Wamba coming at you live. Unfortunately, Patty had, she had a family obligation that she had to go to, so she is not going to be with us. And it's unfortunate because she would be a great, uh, she would love this interview with uh, who we have uh, on the show today. Um, we have Aaron Pearson. He's an entrepreneur, designer, photographer, filmmaker, writer, podcaster. And here, his podcast, you got to check it out. It is Branding Like a Boss. He's been in the new and noteworthy section for, for pretty much since he started the podcast. And I, I actually had the, uh, the privilege of meeting Aaron uh, back in September at Simon Smart's Warrior Protocol. Aaron was doing some filming and, and doing some stuff for, for Simon. And this guy's energy is just awesome. And you guys are going to love to hear what we have for you. So let's, before uh, we any further ado, the Boss Free Society podcast welcomes aaron pearson
1: what's up what's up man dude thank
2: you so much for having me on the show man i know we've talked about this for a few months now but dude here it is
0: we're You're here we're alive, are you man are you ready i'm, I'm totally ready <laughs> is the audience ready i grab hope a so pad <laughs> i don't know if they are yeah exactly grab a notepad because i can tell you right now aaron's gonna be dropping down some bombs for you guys so this is gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun my first question right out of the shoot is are entrepreneurs made or born?
2: Oh man, that's a really good question. You know, gosh, wow, that's a that's
0: a deep question. <laughs> right away, so, right away, so yes.
2: I, I mean, the truth is this: like, I, I can all I can really share is from my experience. I've seen a lot of people that are entrepreneurs that that want to be entrepreneurs, but they don't have the same type of drive that maybe somebody like myself does, or maybe your audience does. Right. I, I think that. A lot of that has to do with some circumstances. Though I do believe that a lot plays a part in the way you were raised, the values that were instilled on you. I mean, I came from a very—you um, uh, know—I would say I wouldn't say deprived, but like things were definitely very tight. It was just my mom and I. We lived in a lot of apartments, went to a lot of different schools. Um, I, mean, I went to 13 different public schools before I, I graduated, and that really set me up as a person that's very. Uh, highly adaptable and able to communicate with a lot of people, so communication I thought was really critical uh, as a business owner or a solopreneur because you know your number one job as an entrepreneur is to is to sell. I mean, no matter what it is, at the end of the day, you don't own a business unless you have revenue. So. Um, you know, I think that to, to really answer your question, I, I do think that some people are born with, you know, the ability to communicate at a very high level and they understand the importance of, you know, making connections, emotional connections specifically with with people, their audience or whatever they're selling. Um, but I also think that that's something that can be learned. So for people that are, are difficult, you know, or maybe they, their situation was different than mine, um, and this is just kind of based on my theory, right? I can only really share my experience. My experience has been, you know, I started selling stuff and and working my own business. Like the first thing I ever did, I worked for a kite company called Mackinac Kite Company in uh, Grand Haven, Michigan. The first job I ever had, I was uh, 14 years old, and I used to fly kites on the beach. I would teach people how to fly the kites, and I would sell them kites on the beach. That was my first job.
0: That's, so that's awesome.
2: So then, you know, just entrepreneurship, I think, was something that I just—it just made sense to me. I didn't have to really think about it. Sure. Just something that just came very natural, and I didn't even—I mean, the word entrepreneur wasn't even really a big buzzword for back then. You know, in fact, if you were an entrepreneur back then, you were considered to be like, "Oh, you mean you're unemployed?"
0: <laughs> you <know? laughs> right, right. So, okay, let, you know, we 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 got your your bio and whatnot. So, what would you say? How would you describe what you do and how you add value to the marketplace?
2: Yeah. And what I do, I get asked this question a lot. So what do you do? Um, and usually it takes, you know, sometimes it takes five minutes to answer because it really depends on the situation. Um, my background has been, uh, I own an ad agency for six years. I sold that company. It sounds a little more glorious than, than what actually happened. It was just kind of a relocation of, app, of assets. But um, so I, as an ad agency owner and a creative director, I mean, my job was to pretty much incubate ideas and turn them into businesses. So we did everything from you know, design, brand development, web development, app creation. We were a Google certified partner. We were partnering with Clear Channel and CBS. We did outdoor advertising. We did internet advertising. We did video production, photography. Um, we had a 10,000 square foot facility, you know, 30 employees. So we were we were kicking ass and taking names for sure. Um, now, I left that business. I got out of that business about four years ago now, maybe three, and uh, started working as a solopreneur, started working as a consultant. And I take those same modalities that I did as an ad agency owner and a cre- as a creative director. And I started applying those to uh, the people that I consult with and the people that I work with. And not only them, I started applying it to myself. So, you know, the value that I bring to the marketplace to, to answer your question in, in one specific sentence would be, you know, I help brands humanize and connect with their audience in ways they otherwise couldn't. And we've, specifically use and leverage the power of social media to do that.
0: Awesome. Do you have uh, like an example you can give our listeners? You don't have to give any names or anything like that, but of what you kind of walk through when someone comes to you, like for maybe for a branding issue or, or something that you can kind of piece together what, uh, what, what what our audience could be looking for.
2: Absolutely. So when I talk about humanizing a brand or humanizing uh, and creating an emotional connection, to me, that's what branding actually is. It's about creating emotional connections. Good Good branding does that. And an example would be I had a construction company reach out to me a few years ago and they wanted to create a new website. And you know that the, the website homepage is absolutely critical for conveying a message. And I always say the more bullet points you have, the less of any one thing is carried. So the idea is let's find the crux, let's find the one thing that you can say that will connect that audience to you. And I asked them through. Um, we did a brand audit, or you know, they're called brand detoxes. That's uh, a little more common these days. And I asked them, so, "So, what's the crux of your business? You know, what do you guys do?" So, this construction company—they lay down all the 4G network for Verizon and AT and T. They are big, massive, um, and I'm, mean, you know, I'm like, "Well, what is it? What is the one thing that you actually do?" And I'm like, "Break it down, think super high level." And the best answer they could come up with was, "Well, we dig ditches." You know, <laughs> Because they dig ditches and they put fiber optics and right. stuff and I, I was really drill on them and they, they thought about it for a long time and that was the answer that they came up with. We dig ditches. And uh, I'm like, okay, let me, let me take this to the drawing board. Okay, so you lay down the 4G network for Verizon and AT&T. Let, let's take this from just a higher level approach. Okay, you help connect people from across the world. You literally bend space and time. Okay. (laughs) Like you, you, we have, you have created us into, you know, beings that literally can talk and communicate. If, if my, if I have a family member in Afghanistan fighting a war, we can do a Skype conversation because of the work that you guys do. So, You know, let's think about it from that way. And we were able to structure and create, you know, a homepage that was more along the lines of hey, we connect people. We help people connect faster. We help people connect better. um, And we strengthen relationships through the work that we do. Now, anybody can identify with that. Absolutely. People can identify with digging ditches. If you've never digged a ditch before or have been
0: incarcerated, you don't understand that. Okay.
2: (laughs) But but this, you, you absolutely can.
0: And that, I think, goes to show people, too, is sometimes you're so close to the issue that you can't see the forest through the trees, right? Absolutely. Yep. It's, it's one of the most common mistakes, actually,
2: is you're focusing a lot on the features and the benefits of your product or your service. And you're missing out on what the actual emotion, emotional connection is. You know, what is it that really ties your audience to become like brand ambassadors? And, you know, we can talk a lot about brand ambassadors as well. Uh, Because that's a huge part of of what I try to teach and preach on my
0: podcast. So how long have you been boss free?
2: Oh, man. Um, Well, I mean, technically, you always have a boss, whether it's that, you know, pain in the ass client or, you know, (laughs) uh, you know, my wife, who's not a pain in the ass, but she's my boss as well. But, uh, you know, an entrepreneur wise, I have been uh, generating my own income streams, like I said, since I was 14 years old. So I I probably started around there. I mean, I have done some apprenticeships and a few other things at ad agencies really early on, but I mean, I've, I've always uh, generated my own income. I mean, I, I can't, I don't think I've ever actually had a W2 if that answers your question.
0: I I, 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 I like that answer too. That's, that's uh, that shows you have some, some roots, some deep, deep roots.
2: Yeah, and IRS problems.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that, it does it does pose another problem too, like when you're trying to get a loan or something like that. And you have you know when you're first starting out, you have no like quote unquote verifiable income. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's the
2: worst part about being an entrepreneur, and being self employed, is proving income when you want to buy a house or get a car or some other big assets. Um, I mean, my philosophy with that is very similar to Dave Ramsey, like you know if you can't afford it, don't buy it, right. uh, type of thing. But I'm not perfect in that arena either. <laughs>
0: So what? Uh, did So you, actually, uh, my question was going to be like, what did you have a moment that you wanted to become boss free? But it seems like that that was just instilling you from an early age on the uh, on the beaches of uh, of Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I can give
2: you an experience that happened within the last year, though, that um, kind of tested that whole idea because I was working with an amazing content creator. His name's Joshua Smith. He has a podcast called uh, GSD Get Shit Done. And uh, sorry if you have to bleep that out, but that's you know, it's the brand, and um, and it's very good, man. He's an extremely motivational guy, and I was his executive producer. I was producing lots of content. I mean, it got to the point where it was seven days a week, and you know, he, he wanted me full time, and I thought I could commit full time. I really did. I really thought that this was something that I could do for him. Um, and we were, I mean, the rewards and financially, it made a lot of sense but i guess what i realized through that experience is that i'm literally unemployable. now i'm not desirable. people want to employ me, but i have the mindset of i'm unemployable. i'm not i can't be worker bee 100% of the time. Right. you know, you've got ceo mindset and worker bee mindset. to be a successful entrepreneur, i think you have to understand both of those things and be willing to put the work in on the worker bee side because you can't just live in ceo level all the time. but um for me, I can tell you what I can't do. I can't do worker bee mode, you know, 50, 60 hours a week. Um, it, it's it's murder, okay? Um, I have to work on strategy. I have to work on high-level stuff. And I also have to talk. You know, going into an office and not talking and sharing and and doing what we're doing right now is also – it kills me. Like for me, I'm not introverted. I'm very extroverted uh, and, and I have to express that. Uh, you know, in, in my brand and just, I, I think it's just a part of my life. I just have to do it. Um, so it was, it was, it was bittersweet. You know, you call it the golden handcuffs because you know, the money's good, but uh, but you're also kind of handcuffed, but his, you know, his show is, is literally blown up and uh, I would recommend anybody go check that out uh, because it's, it's awesome.
0: Yeah. He's, he's a high level, high energy guy as well. You guys, I'm sure work really well together <laughs>
2: Yeah, we did. We did. We created some pretty amazing stuff. And, um, you know, from an internet marketing standpoint, I mean, we brought in together hundreds of thousands of dollars in the course of three months. You know, we had a couple courses that we launched, um, you know, multiple six-figure launches together. Uh, so it was, I mean, definitely there was a, it was a match made in heaven. But when it came to like, hey, I want you to sit in front of this computer 10 hours a day until your eyes bleed. I'm like, oh, I can't do it, bro. I'm sorry. I love you. can't. Yeah.
0: That's tough. That's tough. So, have you had like an, an aha moment as being, you know, an entrepreneur that really has, blazed a new, tra- a new trail or a new path for you? Absolutely. So, when I and you're always
2: learning. I think as an entrepreneur, you're always learning and you're always adapting and you know pivoting. That word pivot comes up a lot. This year, and I'll just kind of give you more recent examples. For many years, I've been focusing on building other people's brands. That's been my main source of revenue. And I still will always do that to some degree. But this year, I'm focusing specifically on building my brand. So one of the aha moments I had is like, listen, I've spent so much time doing services and helping other people that have really put my personal brand to to the side. Like usually updating my website is the last priority, right? Well, the first priority is helping somebody else with theirs or creating video or building their audience. Uh, this year, I'm I'm definitely not doing that. This year, my website's number one priority. This year, my podcast, my YouTube channel, my book that's coming out on Amazon in a couple months, those things are the things that are my number one priority because ultimately I got very clear on the goals that I wanted to achieve and where I wanted to be in a short amount of time. And the only way to do that is to be hyper-focused. And one thing that Joshua taught me actually is that success is an elimination, not an addition. So you eliminate things that do not align with that highest purpose, with those goals. And then you're able to really put those blinders on and focus on the things that are actually going to get you there quicker. I know that if I want to be an authority and if I want to speak, I have to do activities that align with that. Okay. I have to, I can't be out there photographing and designing everything and putting every website together. Um, I really have to be positioning myself in a way to do that. So a lot of that, though, came through getting clarity on what I actually want. You know, what is it that I want? And it's not a financial number. It's more of a lifestyle situation. What type of a lifestyle business do I want to create? And then from that, just make sure that the activities that I do are aligned with that. Because if I'm doing something that pulls me away from that, it just doesn't help. It just doesn't help me get to where I want to go. And nobody's coming, man. Nobody's going to Nobody's gonna make that for me, dude. I have to do it myself. Exactly. So.
0: Exactly. So why don't don't you uh, talk a little bit about your book, plug your plug your book a little bit, exactly what you know, who it's for, what what it is, the whole the whole nine yards.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really excited about the book. The book has been uh, a work in the making for like the last couple of years. It's called Brand Dominance, How to Create a Disruptive Social Brand. And first I define brand dominance. Well, what is brand dominance? even mean. And um, specifically, it's designed for content creators, digital entrepreneurs, um, course creators, uh, YouTubers, people that are trying to build their brand and maximize their digital footprint. That's really who this book is for. Now, this it doesn't matter if you are thinking about starting a business or you currently own a business. Everybody, I think, could benefit from this book as long as they are out there trying to, you know, increase their digital footprint and their reach and create stronger emotional connections with people. I would actually recommend that somebody who is thinking about starting an online business read that book first. One of my favorite quotes is from Abraham Lincoln, and he says, "Uh, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll take the first four hours sharpening my axe. My book is an axe sharpening mechanism. So aside from it's a really good read, there's also a workbook that coincides with it that I – I give you as a free download as part of when you purchase the book. But um, you really have to start putting the the pen to paper, man. Before you spend time and money doing something uh, that could be in the entirely wrong direction, uh, you should at least spend a day or two sharpening that ax. I'm not talking about spending months or building a crazy-ass business plan. I'm talking about just getting intentional and knowing that, hey, the decisions that I'm making for this business – are aligned with what I was just talking about, you know, with my highest purpose. And uh, that's what this book is, is really designed to do. And also we talk about, you know, once, once you've identified what that is, how do we then create brand ambassadors? Because ambassadors for your brand is like the one thing that I think I've done really well in my business. I spend zero money on marketing and advertising. I spend time building relationships. And those relationships turn into referrals. I met you through a relationship. Right. I met Simon through a relationship. Um, none of them came from a paid ad because, you know, the cost per acquisition uh, of, a, of an endorsement from a peer is is zero. You don't pay for that. The cost per acquisition on a paid ad is a lot higher. Plus, they don't have any social proof that you are or even what you say you do. So for me, I'm like, you know what? I would rather invest time building ambassadors than paying money for ads and that's, that's a lot what this, what this book talks about. It's about how to get your brand into a space of brand dominance, not just branding, not just competing. We want to dominate like Grant Cardone says. So <laughs> brand dominance.
0: Now, um, when is that book available?
2: You know, I'm not putting a specific date on it. Right now, if you go to my website, uh, you can go to aaronpearson.com forward slash books and you can sign up to be a part of my book launch team. And for all of you, people that are in the audience there, Um, The book launch team is killer because, first of all, you get a free copy of the book before it even comes out on Amazon. Second is uh, you get a free copy of my course, which is like my flagship product, which is the activator, which helps you activate your brand. Um, And that's a $500 product by the way. So I give that away to everyone in the book launch uh, team. And really all I'm asking for people in the book launch team to do for me is share a couple posts when I send out the email. And most importantly, rate and review. Because as you know, rating and reviewing is absolutely critical to getting uh, front placement. And we talked about my podcast being on New and Noteworthy. Um, I actually, when I started the podcast, within seven days, I was on the front page of iTunes. Not even, not even the New and Noteworthy. I was on that front page before the scroll on iTunes, and it was all because of ratings and reviews. So um, that's really what I ask for people in my book launch team is to just to rate and review the book when it comes out, um, and you'll get a free copy and give me an honest review. Don't just give me a five star review, you know, because you're a part of the team and you feel obligated. I want an honest review. Because I want people to know what what they're in for.
0: Love it. Love it. So what would you say, what are some things early entrepreneurs should be focused on um, to help to increase the probability of success?
2: One of the biggest things I think that an entrepreneur should know is, is, well, two things. One is knowing your competition, doing a a high-level evaluation of who is competing with you in the space, who is out there with this same idea, and then number two is knowing your avatar, knowing your target audience. Lee Clow is the uh, creative director for uh, an ad agency called TBWA. They do work with Apple and stuff like that. A quote that he says that I say a lot, and I truly believe it, is that you are the judge of your business, but the consumer is the jury and the executioner. If the consumer is not buying into it, it doesn't matter how much money you have and you throw at it, it doesn't matter how much creativity, how cool your designs are, if it doesn't align with consumer behavior, it's not going to work. So... As a startup entrepreneur, I would say first evaluate your competition. Just look at the people that are competing in this space, how they're positioning themselves. One way I like to do this is I get on Facebook and – well, there's two ways. One is I I get on Facebook and I, I like their pages. Um, I go to their website, I print up their website, I print it up because I need to see it. I put them up on the wall and it gives me an idea, first of all, not just what not to do because we don't want to copy them. We don't want to be another echo. We want to be a voice. That's what good branding is. It's about you finding your voice, not just regurgitating what somebody else has done. Um, So I always look at that. I look at the words that they're using to describe it, how they're focusing on their features. So that gives me an idea of who my competition is and how I should position myself as a brand. Then to figure out more about my avatar, let's say you don't have any customers. Well, how do you know who your ideal client profile is? You know, How do you know that? Well, go to Facebook. Facebook gives you all that information, this is great. So I go to Facebook, I get on my competitor's Facebook page, and I look at who's engaging with them. I look at maybe, I make a list of 20 people that I see who have commented, who have engaged, and I create a persona around that person. What's their age range? What part of the country do they live in? Do they have a job? are they male female are they educated you know it's all there it's all there on facebook it just takes a little bit of time to get that information once you have a persona built around your audience you know who you're communicating to because you got to create that emotional connection with that individual it's not about showcasing your features and your benefits everybody does that and there's you can't you can do that but i wouldn't lead with that you know i would lead with that emotional connection that we talked about earlier. And uh, the best way to do that is just to know who is looking at this, who would purchase your product and uh, creating a persona off of that.
0: Here's a question I like to ask a lot and I think you're gonna have a pretty cool answer, but uh, what is the ballsiest move you've ever made as an entrepreneur?
2: Oh man, I think the ballsiest move that I've made as an entrepreneur, I've I've had people come to me and say, hey Aaron, we want you to build a new website. I said, okay. Why? You know, your website looks nice. Like, I, I get it. Um, but, but what's what's the purpose? And they're like, well, we just want to, you know, spruce it up a little bit and. I think the, the ballsiest move that I did was I said, you know what, listen, I'm not going to give you a proposal for this but what I am going to give you a proposal of is why you think you need a new website. So I would pitch them and sell them a, pretty much a consultation before I would even give them a proposal to do the work that they reached out to me for. <laughs> so, um, and I think it was a smart move to be honest with you. They're a big company and it's like, listen, why don't we do a brand audit and figure out what it is you actually need because what you think you need and what your consumer wants from you are, are two different things again, you can't see the forest through the trees. So like, I mean, I've just flat out told people, no, um, you know, it's not about necessarily doing as much work as I can. It's about doing work that I am really passionate about that. I feel like I can make a difference in. So, um, yeah, I think that that's kind of ballsy to say, Oh, you know, can I buy this, this product from you and be like, I won't sell it to you until you buy, you know, this product that will let me evaluate whether or not this is even what you need, you know? So, like, they come to you thinking that they know what they want and saying, no, I don't think you know what you want. And most most CEOs or, or business owners or entrepreneurs, like, some of them don't like to hear that. But the real smart ones, they, they know that they're never too big. They're never too, um, you know, smart and experienced to get another opinion, like as soon as you're closed-minded to those additional opinions, you're, re- you're definitely on the downward slope, man, because you've got to be open-minded to these types of things. So that would probably be um, the ballsiest thing, <laughs> at least that I can think of right now. I'm sure there's something that's going to come up and I'll be like, oh, that was even crazier.
0: Yeah, that always happens, right? That'll be like you'll be you'll be at the gym or something, and then something will pop in your head like, "Oh shit, I should have said that." Actually, just <laughs> recently, just recently, we reached
2: out to Gary Vee because I'm doing a summit in New York um, in a couple of weeks, a branding workshop, and uh, we wanted to buy a bunch of books from Gary V and have him sign them and come and deliver them to the workshop. And they're like, "You know what, Gary would love to, but he's going to be out of town. Is there anything else that we can do for you?" And uh, I didn't do this, but this would have been really ballsy is, um, I, was, I almost said, well, listen, what if we just changed the date of the conference and hosted it at VaynerMedia? Like how cool would that be? <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I mean, you said, what else can you do? Um, yeah, give us a location. Um, right now we're looking at doing it at WeWork, which is a collaborative, uh, space. Collaborative space yeah. Creative space, which is really cool too. But, um, I mean, here's the thing. I think that people need to be more ballsy in general. I think that uh, that people pleasing philosophy is uh, one that does not differentiate you. It's something that is more mainstream, which doesn't doesn't set you aside from everybody else. Like I think people should be a little more ballsy in, in their authenticity, in their approach, in the way in which
0: they promote themselves. Did you ask Gary to shoot a quick video for for your audience?
2: So here's what we actually went to. This is this is what we did um, because instead of saying, "Hey, can you do uh, can we use your space?" We said, "Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we come by? We'll pick up the signed books because he loves it when you buy lots of books. Sure, we'll pick up the signed books, and then because you can't make it to the event, we was res- would you just say two or three minutes on video, you know, to our audience, to all the people that are attending the Vitals Workshop, and uh, we haven't heard back yet. We're hopefully going to hear back today. I'll let you know. Uh, later on how that plays out but we definitely want to um you know he's the ultimate authority in this space everybody knows likes and respects him and uh and if 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 I can help facilitate a message from him to our audience I'll pay for it I mean absolutely I'm not asking him to do it for free you know we're going to buy a hundred books from him you know but yeah so yeah I, I think I think he'll do it to be honest with you we'll see I'm also going to see him at Traffic and Conversion, which is a conference in February. I'm uh, going to be attending as well. So, And I've met him before. He gave me Jab, Jab, uh, Jab, Right Hook about, I don't know, a couple of years ago at a conference. Right, right. So uh, when, it, when it just came out.
0: Now You're in Arizona and you're having an event in – New York. Can you connect the dots on that yes. and how that, how that works?
2: Yeah, man. Like I said earlier, my goal this year was to build my brand, right? I need to be doing activities that promote what I'm trying to do. So if I want to become an authority, I want to become a speaker, I want to become a best selling author. I mean, These are things that I want to become and I'm kind of there already. I'm not, I'm not a best selling author. I'm not getting paid tens of thousands of dollars to speak but I'm close, man. I'm very close. And I need to be doing activities that promote that. So I'm going out there to do a video. Um, So I'm going out there for a week. The first couple days I'll be doing um, some video work for uh, for a client. And then because I was out there, I'm like, hey, you know what? I might as well stay a couple extra days and see if I can, you know, throw a workshop together. And it actually wasn't just my idea. It was um, another buddy that I belong to a mastermind group, and he's the one who's like, listen, man, let's do a workshop. I'll organize it. I'll pay. You know, we'll just split the profits, whatever. Um, And I'm like, dude, this is a great idea. So then um, we branded this thing and now uh, the next one that I'm shooting for is in June out in London. Oh, wow. And here's, here's my strategy with this, man, because I think you bring up a good point. Well, you know, connect the dots. I want to be a global authority. I don't want to be an authority in Arizona. I've got a great reputation online. I've got a good reputation in the, in the States. I want to be a global authority. So I need to be doing global activities, right? I need to be putting myself out there. I will invest the money that is needed to make that happen because I know – here's the thing. I would rather bet on myself than anybody else any day, right? Because I know my abilities. I know what I'm able to do. Um, So I need to just start doing those activities and I also know that once we nail London and New York, any city in the world would take us to do the workshop. There's no question about it. Those are the top – I mean they're the meccas of startup. So. That's, that's kind of my strategy behind that.
0: I would say having a, an event in London is pretty ballsy. You know, that's, that's, that's a ballsy move, right? Cause you're not, it, I mean, it's not like you have – you, have you ever even been there? <laughs> I haven't been to London, but check this out. One of my clients,
2: um, Jason Allen Scott, he has um, a podcast as well. And uh, if you just go to jasonallenscott.com, I did all of his branding. He lives in London. He's a celebrity event planner. He just planned um, the, uh, the red carpet event for the new James Bond movie. He's my guy on the ground, okay, That's um, and he's a client, and he's a, a colleague and a friend. I would call him a friend at this point. So I'm what I'm very good at, and what I've always been good at. And I think every digital entrepreneur needs to be aware of this: is you need to be like very aware of your sphere of influence, the people that are around you, the people that you work with, and coming up with stri- uh, strategic partnerships and strategic ways that you can leverage these relationships because you don't have to spend a lot of money to do that. In fact. If I say, "Hey, I'm going to do an event in June out there," I could easily just just spend a little bit of time scratching some ideas with some other clients that I have out there and say, "Hey, is there any you know is there any work you guys need since I'm going to be out there?" I could probably get the whole thing paid for if I spend a little bit of time kind of connecting those dots, um, and I could do that in any part of the world. I have customers in China, in Russia, um, in Australia, you name it. Um, I, I've done work and and helped brand. Literally over 400 uh, different startups, tech companies, and uh, solopreneurs.
0: So, so, really, I mean, what you're talking about here, you've mentioned about going to live events, having a, ma- you know, you're part of a mastermind, and then you're looking at creating smart uh, strategic partnerships with those people that you've done work with. Correct. And that's really when you look at the big picture with everything that you're trying to do, and anyone else as an entrepreneur can really learn from what that, that, that roadmap that you just laid right there. Yeah.
2: Here's the thing. If you're new, if if you're, if you're listening to this and you're new or you're really just kind of getting started, one of the first things I would recommend really getting in touch with is a mastermind group because you're going to connect with more like-minded people and you're going to have these, you know, these resources and these people available to you, when you just don't know, you know, and there's a lot of times where you don't know. I don't know everything, man, but I know a lot, dude. But there is still a lot that's very, unde- you know, undefined. I couldn't tell you the exact steps that it's going to take to create a best-selling book or have the most amazing book launch on the planet. You know, Pat Flynn probably could, or some of these other authors. Um, you know, uh, Lewis Howes, people that have best-selling books, can say, "Hey, this is exactly what I did step by step." Um, well, the reason that I belong to a mastermind group is so I can get closer to these people, closer to people that are maybe doing the things that I'm doing and then also I'm doing things that they're not. So we it's a really a mutual beneficial thing right. and I would say it's absolutely um, worth the investment. The first mastermind I joined up with was $500 a quarter. So it was $2,000 a year. It was Fire Nation Elite, which was uh, Entrepreneur on Fire, John Lee Dumas' mastermind group and from that – um, I mean, it, from that I started working with John. I started working with Jamie Tardy from Eventual Millionaire, Nick Onsworth from Life on Fire. That's how I met Simon. That's how I met you. Right. All of it started from a mastermind. So, yep. like, I can literally bring back probably a, a large percentage of my business currently and in my business model currently, just from signing up from that one mastermind. Sure.
0: So what book or books are uh, you reading right
2: now? Oh, man. Right now, I'm actually in between books because I'm writing mine.
0: <laughs> hey, you got you to focus on your vision, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, one of the most recent books that I've read and that I always kind of pick back up is The Art of War. I really oh, like yeah. The Art of War. Stephen Pressfield. Um,
0: yeah. Ta- you're talking about Stephen Pressfield one, right?
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, no, wait, wait. You're
0: talking about The War of Art. Oh, that's right. Duh. Okay. Yeah. That was the <laughs> – <laughs> I've this. read that one too. No, this is the actual Art of War. <laughs> Sun Tzu. Uh, or-
2: yeah, yeah, the old one. Um, but I mean, to be honest with you, I produce so much content. I don't read as much as most people probably think. Um, I, I, I don't think that it's a distraction, but I do think that there's a fine line. You know, I'm also married. I have two kids. There's only so many hours in a day. So, you know, I can read about this stuff, but I could also easily just listen to a podcast um, and get a lot of the same information or subscribe to a YouTube channel. I mean, right now, content is so uh, versatile in the way in which it's being consumed. Um, sitting down and reading a book to me doesn't seem like the best use of my time. I just don't read as fast as I listen and I can hit 3x the speed if I want. You can tell I'm a very high intensity guy. Dude. <laughs> I'm working out, usually I'm up at you know five o'clock in the morning, I go to the gym. I've already consumed two podcasts by the time you know I've, I've eaten my smoothie or drinking my smoothie, which is also my breakfast. And uh, you know then I sit in front of this machine for a large amount of the time. Um, When I'm not traveling, you know, whenever I'm not traveling, I'm really just sitting in front of the computer um, doing this. And I actually did an episode about that a little while ago. I don't mean to divert, but I want to just tell you that a lot. I think that a lot of people get this false perception of what entrepreneurship is because they see these these big names just doing all these all this awesome stuff. But the truth is is that all the work really happens in front of the computer, man. I mean, and you have to put in the time to do it.
0: So, is there anything that we haven't covered about? you, your, your podcast, your book, um, that you want our listeners to know? Yeah. I mean,
2: we've talked a lot about a lot of different things. One thing that if you're listening to this, my advice and my ability to help people has always been based on branding. Like branding is my thing. And I want to talk about that for a minute, because if there's one thing I want you to take away, um, from meeting me on this, on this show, um, is that branding is literally everything. And I want you to think about, um, all the unintentional things that you might do that affects your brand. Because when it comes to creating emotional connections with people, that's what branding actually is. It's about creating an emotional connection. And you, know, you think about the two most strongest emotional connections, you've got love and you've got hate, you know? So, um, and love is usually created when an emotional connection is repeated over time. Well, so is hate. You know, what, if if that if that thing happens over and over and over again, you know, these are very strong emotional connections. The people and the brands that you don't do business with aren't convicted enough. They're not loved or hated. They're just in the middle. They they usually tend to people please people. Um, they there's nothing that differentiates them from a thousand others. So, I would say do your best to differentiate yourself, look at your competitors, don't do the same thing, you know, be a voice and not an echo, like we mentioned earlier, and uh, disrupt the pattern a little bit of what people are expecting to see, you know? If you go to a lead page I and mean, you're trying to build leads and let's say do a free resource guide, I mean, does it look like every other lead page out there? Or is there something that when they go there that's gonna distinctly differentiate yourself from everybody else? Um, Now, I get it. You want to make sure that it works. Oh, this one has the best conversion rates. This one looks like it's done the best. Okay, that's awesome. But at the end of the day, man, like you and a thousand other people have the same idea. You really have to differentiate yourself to truly make this um, not just a a successful business but a legacy. You know, If if you're really serious about building a a business, a legacy business, um, you have to be conscious – of what you're putting out there and just – I just really highly encourage you to – I would say listen to my podcast because I talk uh, very tactically about um, all of these things that that we're kind of talking about now, authenticity, creating disruptive social branding, different design assets that you need to have. Um, I mean there's so many things unintentionally that people do on a daily basis that, that their audience is literally making a perception about you on and you don't even know it. You know, it could be as simple as your profile picture.
1: Right. If you
2: take your profile picture on your phone in front of a closet, okay, um, it says something about your brand. You know, and think about your personal brand. How how do you take care of yourself? Do you dress your hair? What kind of cologne do you wear? How do you speak? How do you hold? You carry yourself in the room. That's a you are a brand, just as much as your business is a brand, right? So just being really conscious of this, um, I think, will just allow you to make better decisions that ultimately will help you grow your business.
0: Love it. Love it. So Aaron, last question. And this is, we always ask, this is our kind of like our, 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 exit question. Uh, what sage advice can you offer for our boss free society listeners? Uh, something that they can do in the next 24, 48 hours. So we're thinking something, you know, immediate, uh, that can move their business forward. I think,
2: so, so to answer your question, and that's a very good question. And I, I, Takes me a minute to give you a good answer because I really want this to carry its weight, um, and I want I want your audience to see results, right? I think that that's that's important. But I, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I think that people need to find their voice. You, you can't go around echoing everybody else. So does that does that turn into results in the next 24 hours? You know, maybe not. But it's gonna turn into results of the life, through the life cycle of your entire business. Um, the ecosystem is extremely important on, on you know, how you're positioning yourself. So just differentiate yourself. Find your differentiating factor. I have guides that I've created, part of my book talks about that, and this I don't wanna loop people back into buying one of my products, but we just don't have enough time to go over the mechanics, right, and the strategy of how to do that. But you really need to differentiate yourself. So, I mean, I want you to pull up your your competitors' websites. I want you to print them up. Don't just screenshot them and put them on your computer. You need to print them up physically. Put them on the wall and start looking and evaluating them. And then look at yourself because you can't expect to get different results or better results than them by doing exactly what they're doing. They're already out there. The one thing that you have as an entrepreneur that nobody else has is you. You are the one and only person that you can leverage that's different from everybody else. So step into that role, you know, um, and take advantage of that because I see a lot of people hiding behind the scenes, which I get in some businesses, you have to do that. But um, you are the one thing that nobody else can copy. They can copy your business idea, but they cannot take you. They cannot take Tim. They can't take Aaron. I'm me, you know. Um, So. Leverage that a little bit more, and uh, and and just make sure you're finding and and really uh, pushing that differentiating value to create those emotional connections. Don't just don't just spew out a bunch of bullet points with features and benefits. You know, um, create that create that emotional connection.
0: Aaron, thank you so much for your time. You definitely dropped the value bombs on our listeners, and we appreciate you what you're doing. And can't can't wait to get more of Brandon like a boss, and get your book too. Dude. Yeah, I know. And thank you. And Hey, you sent me a picture the other day with you guys were listening to it in the car. I'm like,
2: yes, this is what I like, man. And I, and the, the podcast has been absolutely incredible. I get tons of amazing feedback literally on a daily basis. So if any of your listeners come over, um, yeah, just go, go check it out. And, uh, also my website, I'm Sure. You've got that somewhere. So, um, hit me up any, any way, shape or form, you know, Twitter's kind of my favorite platform, but, uh, at least for communication like that. But yeah, uh, I'd be happy to uh, to be of service and, and support you and your audience any way I
0: can. All of Aaron's links will be in the show notes. Please connect with him, learn from him, and uh, learn from him in the way that you want because like he said, you want to be a voice, not an echo. So thanks, guys.
1: Thank you for listening to the Boss Free Society Podcast. If you want more... Connect with us on Facebook at Boss Free Society fan page, Twitter at Boss Free Society, or join our group of other boss-free minded peeps at the Boss Free Dojo on Facebook.